If you get your uh, Bibles open to John 15, and we're going to read verses 1 through 8. I'll read in your hearing. You try to read fast. I know we usually only read one scripture or two. But I couldn't let these scriptures go as I was studying, so I want to read all of them. If you haven't, please signify by saying amen. John 15, 1 through 8 says, I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth fruit, for without me you can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and, it is, and is withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will and it shall be done unto you. Here it is my father glorified that ye bear much fruit. So shall ye be my disciples. Heavenly Father, we love you. You're holy, you're worthy, you're righteous, you're mighty. We thank you for this day. We thank you for this hour, Lord. Help me, Lord, to decrease that you may increase. Please minister to us and through us, Lord. We're praying for healing, salvation, and deliverance, Lord Almighty God. We need you, we love you, we're looking to you. Everybody say in Jesus' name, amen. God is good. The subject, if there is, I try to pull a subject out here. I, I wrestled with this one. But it, it's abide in Jesus. Or abide in me. Not me. I can't do nothing for y'all. Abide in Jesus. And if, if there was a, some for, so, sort of subtext, it would be that you may fulfill your purpose. Abide in me so you can fulfill your purpose, so you can bear the fruit that I created you to bear. Abide in Jesus. I like to lead with a perspective. We have family circle in our house. Pastor, you know it's a wrestle to have family circle. When the priest of the home called family circle, look at the sisters looking at me like, what you doing? <laughs> now, me and my wife, we won. We do it together. When we call family circle, uh, you know the devil don't want us to have family circle. He don't want us to get together. And, and, and you know, some of the purpose of family circle is, uh, I see my wife pulling up now. Don't tell her I was talking about her, y'all. <laughs> oh, she, how you doing, baby? <laughs> the purpose of family circle. Let your children know. Let yourself know first. You and your wife. And then let your children know. I love them. Let them know that I love them. I'm talking about Jesus. Then let them know that you love them. No matter what you've been going through throughout the day. Even if you just had an issue in the house, have family circle. Even if it's for three minutes, have family circle. That's what God put on my heart. Make sure you lift me up. Make sure you give your children an opportunity to say they love you back and to ask a question and to have a complaint that you will really take serious. Have family circle. The enemy doesn't want us to be on purpose. He don't want us to be about God's will. 
So that's why he fights family circles. You already know family circle is just like praying and fasting. When you call it, here comes what they call the hellhounds. <laughs> Everything happens to prevent us from having family circle. Everything happens to keep me from fasting so that my flesh can decrease and my spirit can increase. All sorts of things happen to deflect and to distract. Somebody say, but God. But God. He won't stop convicting. He won't stop using that still, small voice. Say, no, you got to have family circle. So God wants us on purpose, no matter if we want to be on it or not, and, the, and no matter what the devil is trying to do. He wants us on purpose. And we have a mission. We're on a mission. Did you know you were on a mission? I was born in Octo on, on October 7, 1976. He brought me into this world. That's when my mission started. I don't know when it'll be over. Do you know when yours will be over? We don't know. He said, no man know the day nor the hour. Only he knows how much time he's given us. But we do know we got a mission. We do know we have a purpose. And if you don't know, that's what the preaching is for. So we're on a mission from our maker. And we can't complete this mission without the maker. We got a, a mission. And we can't complete it without them. So I got 1976 in my little dash. You know, I, I talk like that more. I said, stop talking like that. But we know we got, you know, this flesh is going to go. And I got to do it all in that dash. I got to do it in the dash. I got to complete my mission in that dash. And I can't complete my mission without the maker. What's his name? And he knows this. He knows he's given me a mission. Why am I having such a hard time coming to grips with that? I'm saying I know. Y'all put your name in there. Why are we having such a hard time coming to grips with you got a mission. You can't do it without the maker. You have a mission. You can't do it without the maker. Come to grips with that, Chanu. So I continue. You know, it's a scripture in Romans that says, if I continue to do what I hate, I consent unto the law that it is good. If I keep doing it my way, even though I'm failing doing it my way, I keep hitting a brick wall doing it my way, I'm, I'm crashing and I'm burning doing it my way, it's like, what will it take for me to come to grips like Paul didn't say, oh, wretched man that I am. Who will deliver me from doing my thing? The body of this death. Who will do that? And at the end of that, Paul says, and that's Romans chapter 7 and 8. He said, I thank God. God helped him come to himself. So that's my perspective as we go into this abide in me. We got a mission. We got a job to do. Paul said at the end of his job, I completed my course. He ran his race. We all got a race to run and we can't do what God has called us to do without God. Give him some praise. So in these scriptures here, we're dealing with abide in Jesus, abide in me. Um, this is John 15, John 13, and 14. Uh, this is an exciting about, part about the word. Um, you know, Elder Oscar talks a, a, a lot about, you know, put down the movies and reruns and get in the word. And it is exciting. And I'll admit, I like movies and reruns too. But I got a mission. I got something to do. And he's really just preaching how to stay on purpose because these things will distract you and these things can fool you. Uh, if I didn't say what I was trying to say with them, if I do what I hate, I consent unto the law that is good, that means I justify it. I'm not staying on purpose. I keep doing my thing and I'm failing, but I'm going to make myself, uh, I'm going to trick myself into thinking, into in saying I'm doing God's thing. 
I'm doing it my way, but I'm going to tell myself I'm doing it God's way. Anybody been there? I'm talking about me. I'm giving y'all real testimony. I'm doing Chanu, but I'm a, I want everybody to think, including me, that I'm doing Jesus. I'm doing it his way. Only his way works. Only Jesus' way works. And so my flesh is smart enough to say, well, at least act like you're doing his way. Just call his way your way. Or call your way his way. That's what I meant to say. Now when I'm doing my thing, I'm going to say I'm doing Jesus' thing. But we're going to talk about fruit today. My fruit tells on me. My fruit is a snitch. It tells on me. Baby, I love you. Where's the fruit? Son, I'm sorry. Fruit snitch right on you. You ain't sorry, Dad. You, do you really love me? You keep doing that? All right, I'm, I ain't, this ain't a marriage thing. The fruit tells on me. That's what God want to talk about, bearing that fruit to be on purpose. And I got too many notes to get through, so I know I'm going to get to them. But we're just going to say what God has us to say. So, so that's what I wanted to say. Uh, and pastor says, deception is the order of the day. And the deceiver is the deceiver. His name is Satan. But I got another enemy in me who's up to some deception as well because I want to do what I want to do. And if I don't put my spirit first, if I don't walk in the spirit, then I'm going to trick myself into thinking that I'm living on purpose. And I'm talking about God's purpose for me. I'll try to make my purpose be what his purpose is if y'all follow me. This is what I'm on. This is my agenda, not his. But I got to say it's his because I want to look like I'm doing it his way. I want to make myself think I'm going to get his results. But my fruit, come on, KK, what would that fruit do? It'll snitch on you. That, that fruit will tell you what's really going on in your life. So Jesus was on his way to the cross in John 13 and 14. It's exciting, Elder. If you go back and read it, it's, it's better than probably any movie you'll come up with. In fact, I've been on earth a little while now, and I think most of these things that, that are in movies, in some form or fashion, come from the truth. I ain't saying it's true, but a lot of these concepts, are we, where are you gonna get a concept from? The maker. Whatever you're doing. And all the enemy is trying to do is what he did from the beginning is trying to pervert what the maker has put in place. He wants to pervert the music. He wants to pervert the dance. He wants to pervert marriage. He wants to pervert being a man, being a woman. He wants to pervert that thing. And if he can get you to thinking when you're doing that, you're doing him or doing it on purpose, that's when he gets us. So he's on his way off the scene in 13 and 14, and it's exciting. It's kind of scary. And you know, he's, he's gathers, he gathers those, the, the disciples up, the apostles. He gets them together, and he's telling them how it's going to go down. And even though he's telling them this, they ain't catching it. Y'all know he's talking to us, right? I'm telling you, but are you catching it? I know that's how pastor probably feels. <laughs> Keep telling, you know, the scripture lets you know it, redundancy is for a reason. I keep bringing this word to you because I'm trying to get you to see something. I want you to know something. I keep talking to you about Babylon because I want you to understand something. I keep talking to you about Revelation because I'm trying to get you to see the signs of the time so you can get about your mission before it's everlasting what? Too late. I want to go to heaven. Anybody want to go to heaven? I want to go to heaven. I want to be with Jesus. So uh, this is what Jesus was going through at this time in John 13, 14. <clears throat> Excuse me. He was right with his disciples, about to go die one of the worst deaths anybody could ever die. The scriptures say he was marred more than any man. This is the king of kings, 
and Lord of Lords, our Savior, our Provider, our Protector, came down all the way off his throne to come and get us. He's a good God. He didn't leave us. He wouldn't leave us. He came down off his spiritual throne that time can't ha don't have any control over. Stepped into time. Came into a man. Was born. We got to celebrate that, right? And came to rescue his babies. Y'all got to glorify God. He came to rescue us. So now it's, it's going down. He rescues us on the cross. The way up is down here. He said, my ways aren't your ways and my thoughts aren't your thoughts. And watch how I do this. Watch how I, the, watch what a king does. Man, you want to know what a king looks like? You want to know what a priest looks like? Watch me. You want to know what a real father looks like? Watch what I do. Watch what I do. So now he gathers his people and he's telling them, I'm about to get out of here. But I want to leave some lasting strong thoughts for you all because y'all got to stay on purpose. I need y'all to be on business. I came here and I'm about to go do the deal. At the cross, at the cross. I'm about to go do it. The devil going to think he had me. The devil thought, where are you? supposed to help me out right there. The devil thought he had me. But Jesus was, he's Jesus. He's omniscient. He knows everything. So he had it all put together. And now he's up. He's in the upper room with the, with the disciples, with the apostles. Those that he chose to be with him and to carry this thing. And look at this thousands of years later. Here we are preaching about it, talking about it, living in it. So they did their job. But it wasn't, it wasn't without Rocky and, and some of the same things we going through. So here they are. He's letting them know. I'm going to the cross. There's, one of y'all is, is going to deceive or betray me. He's telling them all those things. And then he goes into these scriptures. He goes in to abide in me. And I'm going to break down a few things there. He said, I am the true vine. Or he starts off by just talking. And if you think about it, a vine, think about um, grapevine, right? We're dealing with a grapevine here. Think of grapes. Um, the grapes have to continually, continuously be connected to the vine in order to live and grow. I'm on my way out of here naturally. But I'm going to leave some power from on high and y'all got to be about purpose. And I'm going to give you this uh, analogy. I'm going to put this concept in your mind that I know you know. This, this vine, and they had talked about the vine even in the Old Testament. I may, I may get to those scriptures, but if I don't, uh, if you go to Isaiah chapter 5, if you deal with um, <clears throat> um, Psalm 80, I'm going to try to get to those because that's what, you know, you got the Lord, he paints a great picture. He's the great choreographer. He's dealing with a people that he chose, Israel. And he chose this people out of all people. Not because they were something, but a little bit more because they were nothing. And he wanted to show that he's God. He deserves all the glory, not the praise, because I'm going to take this know-nothing people and make them everything. Because they're my people. Anybody getting the chills? That's what he did for me. I'm going to take this no-nothing little skinny black boy and I'm going to make something out of him. I'm going to do something with him that couldn't be done. And if he's right, if he's, if he's in his right mind, he's going to give me the glory and all the honor and all the praise. So he's letting them know, just like those grapes. If you want to understand what I'm talking about when I say I'm the true vine and when I'm dealing with a vine, the, the, the grapes can't grow. They can't live without the vine. They gotta have the vine. Uh, they can't, uh, and this, dep this depicts our total dependent on, dependency on Jesus. 
We can't live without him. We can't um, grow without him. And then he says, I'm the true vine. So you got to stay connected to me to live and grow. You got to stay continuously connected to me to do that. And then he says, I'm the true vine. And all throughout this Old Testament, he's talking about Israel as a vine. And when he talks about Israel, he's really talking about mankind. I'm trying to show you yourself. I'm trying to show you that you cannot be saved without me. You can't do what I called you to do from the very beginning without me. And I'm going to choose a people to model that for you. Look at this people. So he's saying Jesus is the true vine, not Israel. I know I called them the vine, but they're not the true vine. I'm the true vine. I'm the source of life. Anything you need to live is in me, not in Israel. And when he was talking to me, he said, not in you. I'm the source of life. You don't have what you need. What you need is in me. It's in me. So Israel was depicted as this vine. I got to it. Isaiah chapter 5. And if you really came here to grow, turn to Isaiah chapter 5. Now will I sing to you. This is verse 1. My well-beloved, a song of my beloved touching his vineyard. He's talking about his vineyard. But somebody say he's really talking about. My, and he fenced it. No, my well-beloved hath a vineyard in a very fruitful hill. Look at God, how he sets us up. I'm going to give you all, everything you need to glorify me. But somebody said, I stand before, stretched out in front of a gang saying, and stiff-necked people. It don't matter how much I do for them. It don't matter how much I do for you, Shanu, you still trying to do, your, do it your way. Abide in me. But look at what he did for us by seeing them. He fenced it. That's what he did for his vineyard. I fenced it and I gathered the stones out of it and I planted it with the choices of vine. Anybody know? You know God take care of you like that. He know how to do it. I'm taking care of you and built a tower in the midst of it and also made a wine press therein. And he looked that it should bring forth grapes. I took good care of you, setting you up to give me what you owe me. I've set you up to produce fruit. I fixed you up. That's why you got that nice suit on. That's why this is... um. Um, Ann Arbor and not Gaza. I'm setting you up. I'm fixing you up so you can be on purpose. I'm looking for something from that liberty that I gave you, that I'm giving you right now. He said, but don't use my liberty as an occasion to the flesh. I freed you up. Anybody drinking clean water? Anybody got proper sanitation right now? Millions across this world don't have that. They got to drink the water that they wash in. They got to drink the water and share it with other people and animals. Look it up. Millions across the earth. I gave you the choices, Vine. I'm fixing you up. I'm looking for something though. So this is what he did for them. And he looked, after I fixed you up, Mike gave you them nice shoes, brother. That beautiful wife. I gave you the Holy Ghost. Anybody got the Holy Ghost? I gave you my spirit and I looked for it to bring forth grapes. And it brought forth wild grapes. Somebody say, help me. He'll help you. I, I, I done been here more than enough time. <laughs> On this side of salvation too. 
Not on just when I wasn't saved. You know, we talk about when we wasn't saved. I'm talking about when we are saved. I look for you to bring forth grapes and you brought forth wild grapes. And now, O inhabitants of Jerusalem and the men of Judah, judge, I pray you, between me and my vineyard. What could I have done more to my vineyard? What, what else could I do for you, man? I, I created man in my image and in my likeness. I gave you dominion over everything. Every animal, the beast of the field. You had authority over it all. You could eat and get your sustenance from everything. I put you in the Garden of Eden. And I walked with you. What else could I have done? Wherefore, when I looked at it, it should bring forth grapes, brought it forth wild grapes, and now go to. I will tell you what I will do to my vineyard. God is a man of his word. He did it. I will take away the hedge thereof. Adam, if you eat of this tree, you are going to surely. Anybody been to a funeral lately? Is he, can God, is, can he lie? He does not lie. We die. We didn't die, but now we die. You shall surely die. I'm going to take away my hedge and it shall be eaten up. Break down and lay in waste. It shall not be pruned nor digged, but there shall come up briars and thorns. I will also command the clouds that they rain no more, that they rain no rain upon it. For the vineyard of the Lord of hosts is the house of Israel. And the men of Judah, his pleasant plant. And he looked for judgment, but behold, he was looking for justice. People looking for justice. He want to do it through you and me. I was looking for justice, but behold, oppression. Y'all see the oppression in this world? Our fruit will snitch on us. It'll let, it'll let us know what's really going on. I work with children. I see a lot of people's children. I've been working with children pretty much most of my life. Children are our fruit. They tell on us. Oh, how you doing? I'm blessed and highly favored in the Lord. What's up with the children? What's going on? By the numbers, by the droves. They don't know who they are, what they are. They don't want to be here no more. Forget about running away. You know, when we got in trouble back in the day, you get mad, you want to run away. I'm, go I'm going to my grandma's house with your clothes and everything. These kids say, I don't want to be here no more. All right, that's a little somber, but that's true. For the vineyard of the Lord of hosts is the house of Israel, and the men of Judah is his pleasant plant. And he looked for judgment, behold, oppression. For righteousness, but behold, a cry. The people of Israel were fruitless. They were defective. They were empty. Psalm 80 deals with the tragedy of this defectiveness. I won't read it for the sake of time. Israel, God did it all for them, fixed them up good, just like he did the first man. But they turned to other gods. They were unfaithful. I'm doing all of this for you? And you gonna go and have your allegiance to somebody else or to something else? And this brought forth his judgment. Many of them thought, hey, I'm a Jew. I'm, I'm a Jew. So it don't matter what I'm doing. I'm, I'm God's chosen. I'm circumcised. You know, Paul, he gave a list of his resume. And then he said, I count it all as dumb. I count it all as trash, as rubbish, as boo-boo. Where are the kids at in here? Israel had the form of godliness, but no life. Israel represented us. He said he gave him the law as a schoolmaster. 
I was trying to show, I'm trying to show my people that you need me. I didn't let you run wild like all the other nations. I gave you a wall. I gave you a house with walls. You know, our pastor preaches that. You know, sometimes you think somebody love you if they let you run wild. But most wise people know that ain't real love. Even if they mean well, that doesn't help. You let them run wild, they harm themselves and other people really quickly and end up dead or in jail. God was good. He said, nope, I'm going to get them. I'm going to make them a people. I'm going to put a hedge around them. I'm going to give them a wall and I'm going to give them laws. I'm going to tell them how to take care of each other, take care of their neighbor, what to eat, how to... Did it work? He's painting a picture. You can't do it without me. I did those great things for you and I gave you the law. Matter of fact, most laws today come from the law. I was in law school once and we had to study the law and it really all connected right back to the Bible. And those laws that God gave and many of the laws that we still have today came right from those laws. But would those, did those laws make us righteous? They did not. He said, I gave it to you as just to show you. I need you to see yourself. I'm going to take, I'm going to do all this stuff for you and give you the law so you can do right. So you can come to grips. I can't live without you, Lord. I can't do it without my maker. I can't do none of it without him. So I was going to labor on a couple of the things. He's the vine. He's the true vine. Hopefully you're catching that the life runs through him. He's not an add-on. He is it. He said, I am. The grapes can't live or thrive without the vine. We ain't adding the vine to the grapes. No vine, no, no grapes. No Jesus, no fruit. So now we got to think about what is having Jesus. Because everybody say they got it. Now, we are living in a day and time where people don't, they ain't stutting that even no more. So it's getting tight. Because some people say, I, we don't have them and we don't need them. <laughs> it's getting that bad. Where, where people are more openly against God uh, in the Western world, including the United States. But many people still say, I got him. If you got him, I got him. That's what they say, you try to witness to him. So he said, if, if, this, if, these, um, if this vine doesn't bear fruit, I mean, the branch, where the branches, if it doesn't bear fruit, he'll take it away. And I think that's pretty self-explanatory. There's some Bible scholars that debate about whether that takeaway is, you know, just lifting it up and, you know, pampering a little bit. But I think the scriptures say pretty explicitly, take away, remove, if the branch um, doesn't bear fruit if the fruit start telling that you are not trying to do what I called you to do, I'm a, God is saying, hey, I'm going to deal with it. Uh, and then he talks about us being clean through his word. And we know this. This is what the word would do. That's what we come here for today, hopefully. I came here, even as I was studying, I was getting clean. I was getting cut through the washing of the word. I'll give you the scripture. Husbands, this is Ephesians 5. Now, we talk about marriage, and we can't talk about marriage on, no lo on a low level because the whole Bible is about a marriage. So look how good God is. He said it ain't good for a man to be alone, and he's going to give you a wife, and you got to be married. And this is all an illustration of him to, the whole, to his people. So in Ephesians 5, he said, Husbands, love your wives. Even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify it. Sanctify means set it aside. It's my baby. Stop looking at it. And cleanse it. This is what he want to do for us, for the church. Cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. This is why we come here. 
This is why we, we, we man, uh, we can't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord. He's trying to cleanse us. He's trying to cut us so we can understand that you're only going to bear that fruit through me. You're only going to be on purpose through me. And it's a whole bunch of other stuff out there that's trying to get you on purpose for it. But it ain't the fruit that God is going to be pleased with. So the branches that don't bear fruit, he take away. The branches that bear fruit, he purges. Anybody here for some purging? Y'all ain't, y'all playing, y'all know y'all want no purging. <laughs> purging does not feel good. It doesn't feel good at all. But that's why I sung at the cross. He is our greatest example. He is the first fruits. He's the first fruits. He went through like no other to show mankind, this is how you be on purpose. This is what the mission looks like. If I'm going to be the greatest servant, if I'm going to come down from my throne to love, what you think you got to do? If I'm going to die for my enemy, what you think you got to do? Disciple or Christian? Christian means like Christ. Discipline of Jesus Christ? Are we willing to bear our cross? And certainly I'm not saying we need to die, physically die. You got to go with God. But there's things that hurt real bad. Even like somebody just said something crazy to me and I want to get them straight. I mean, I really want to get them straight. I mean, really, really want to get them straight. And you bear your cross. They're tripping on your job. They're tripping on my job. I know some of y'all know my testimony a little bit. I'm still going through it. But I still got to be on purpose. I still got to do what God called me to do. I still got to work as unto the Lord. I still got to go through so I can get whatever he want me to get. And so that he can produce whatever he's trying to produce. That's what he's trying to do with us. So if you're given fruit, he wants more fruit. He cuts us. He purges us. Uh, he takes us through to get more fruit. That's why you're going through. He's not satisfied with yesterday's numbers. I know you was good last year. I know you did well 10 years ago. I know you did well when you first got saved or when you first got on your job, or early on in your marriage, or you did this for your family. Y'all know I'm just trying to create some things I know we all go through. I know it, it, it went well, guys, I, I, I ain't satisfied with that. I want more, I want an increase. I'm looking for fruit. How does he get it? He purges us. I'm gonna take, I'm gonna cut you back. I'm gonna cut you back so I can get more success out of you, his success. And when it's done, I know when my little test is done here, I'm gonna say this was nobody else but, nobody else but Jesus. Only he could have did this. Only he could have did this and kept me through it. All right, you all, I'm, I'm bringing this to a close in a moment. So abide in me, this is the main um, point here. Abide in me. Live in me. Remain in me. Get in my kingdom. Get in my will. Get in my kingdom. It's so much going on out here in the world. That's why he got them walls up. That's why he, he put them walls. He says, I don't want y'all um, unequally yoked. You the church. You're my people. I'm trying to keep you separate. How will they ever know how to live if you're doing what they do? So abide in me, get in me, get in my kingdom. 
You're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. Y'all heard those scriptures before. A holy nation, a peculiar people. This is who we are. There's so much to do. You can run a business. You can pledge. Pledging is real popular now with people that's my age. They, they pledging. I said, man, I thought you did that back in, back when we was in college. But anyway, uh, all these things are real popular. Um, you can join a paramilitary force. You know, uh, I'm thinking of all these things where it takes some form of initiation and there's some form of, um, you know, not just pledging, but you got to go through some form of boot camp to be a part of it. And if you look at most of these organizations, whether it's a, a police force, military, fraternity, sorority, a business, it takes some real stuff to get into these things. I mean, people go through a lot and they're willing. They're willing. They're willing to sacrifice it all. And God is saying, abide in me. Come get in me. If you're doing some of those things and God may be with you, that's some counsel you got to do with pastor. I'm not your pastor. But you can't negate being abiding in him. You want to run a business? You want to own a business? Amen. Abide in me. You want to be a part of a frat or a sorority? Abide in me. Get in my kingdom. And to get in this kingdom, you need him. You got to be born in. You can't pay your way in. Can't do enough favors. You can't get in through legacy. You got you to be born in. You got to repent. You got to die out. You got to commit. This has to be in your DNA. There's a certain fruit God is looking for that has to be in your DNA. So he wants to make you a new creature. We got any new creatures in here? You can't do it without them. He said, without me, you can do nothing. So if we're doing things, Jesus is, if those things aren't coming from the fruit of righteousness, he's, he's calling it nothing. When I first got saved, when they read that to me, they said, your righteousness is as filthy rags. I said, wow. I'm thinking I'm a good guy. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. And God said, oh, your st that stuff is as filthy rags. When I come to reconcile with you, I'm looking for the fruit of righteousness. I'm looking for whether you are on purpose, where you about your father's business. This is what I'm looking for. So he said, abide in me. Why, Lord? Some benefits of abiding in God is perfect peace. Peace that surpasses all understanding. Life more abundantly. Anybody want that? Eternal life. Anybody want that? Abide in me as opposed to living with a form of godliness. Get out the form, Chanu, and, and do the right and do the real thing. Why live with a form of godliness? Why live in this place where it just looks like you're giving fruit? It just looks like you're producing grapes, but they're wild grapes. Can't nobody get anything from those grapes. There's no sustenance in those grapes. As a matter of fact, those grapes will kill you. Abide in me. Get in me so you can be on purpose. What's the purpose? Glorify God. Glorify my kingdom. Glorify my holy name with the fruit of righteousness. What's the fruit of righteousness? You know, in Galatians, he depicts this, and I was going to read it, we don't have time. The works of the flesh and the fruit of the spirit. You can go one way or the other. He wants us to abide in him so that we can produce the fruit of the spirit. But he said, if you live by the flesh, you can produce the works of the flesh. We produced the works of the flesh when we were dead 
in trespasses and sins. He's saying abide in me and produce the fruit of righteousness. The love, joy, peace, self-control, the kindness. What comes out of that? Healing, salvation, and deliverance. This is what he's called us to. The ministry of reconciliation. I've given you this purpose. I reconciled you and I've given you the ministry of reconciliation. That's the fruit I'm looking for. When I was hungry, when I was thirsty, when I was in prison, you took care of me. They wanted to know, when do, when do, when, when do we do that for you, Lord? And if I'm right, Pastor said, this thing God has given us, and this is out of the word, but he preaches it, this salvation, this liberty from abiding in Christ, he said we have to pay this to anybody we come in contact with. We have to love our neighbor with it. So God is asking us to abide in him. I want to read one final, uh, two final scriptures. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Y'all know that scripture? Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and the recovering of the sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. This world needs Christ. Our community needs Jesus. Jesus wants to use you and me to bear the fruits of righteousness so people can be healed. Our community needs it, saved and delivered. God bless. We stand for altar call. Is there somebody here? Is there somebody here? You can't, we can't give you the right hand of fellowship to join, to abide in Jesus, to live in Jesus. You got to be born in. God wants to make you a new creature. In the beginning, God made us in his image and in his likeness. And he gave us dominion over everything. We were stewards. But we did what we wanted to do with his stuff. Instead of doing what he called us to do with his stuff. So sin came into the world. And it passed on to all mankind. And this is our nature that would never produce the fruit of righteousness. But God made a way for us to be born again. He made a way for us to be able to abide in him, to live and remain in him. If you want to live in God, if you want to be what we call saved, come to the altar right now if you want to produce the fruit of righteousness the fruit of the one who made everything you got to be in them come to the altar he said come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden I'll give you rest I'll help you be on purpose. We can get your life on purpose. Jesus can. He can help you fulfill that emptiness on the inside. That longing is only for him. That hole is a hole that only he can fill. 
got to be born into this thing. And the birth is to repent. Lord, I'm sorry. And turn away from sin. And then get baptized in his name, in Jesus' name. For the remission, he'll wash away your sins. And be filled with the precious gift of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. And you can begin to abide in Jesus. Is there one? Is there one that hasn't been born again, has not been saved? You want to be saved today? If you're thinking about it, if you're pondering it, we have a number that you can call. Call that number. A minister, a disciple will labor with you to help you see salvation, to help build your faith. If somebody wants prayer, you can come to the altar right now. Anybody wants prayer, you can come to the altar now. God loves you. He is the answer. He wants that fruit. The scripture said, faithful is he who calleth you, whom also will do it. Come lay your burdens down at the altar. We can't do it. You can't carry it. Come give it to the Lord. Come give it to God. He said, man should always pray. Cast your cares upon me. Lay your burdens down at my altar. If you want prayer, you can come at this time. If you still pondering salvation, give the devil a black eye and come be saved. God is standing waiting for you. He loves you. If you're online and you want to be saved, call that number. We're praying for you. If you want prayer, come get it. You want to produce that fruit, come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. He loves you. He can touch that thing that nobody else can touch. Give you sleep and peace and rest in a troubled time. God can do it. There's nothing too hard for him. There's nothing too hard for Jesus. You can't sink low enough. He'll pick you up. He'll pick you up. If you want prayer, you can come at this time. Amen. Hallelujah. We serve an awesome God. Hallelujah. Let's give God some praise. Let's praise God. We'll have offering at this.